Hello, and welcome Hi. to Somewhere in the Swamps of Jersey. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to For the Love of E Street, a podcast dedicated to all things related to our only boss, Bruce Springsteen. My name is Randy, and I'm here with my buddy Donna. We're both Jersey natives, and we have been calling ourselves the Jersey Girls for the better part of a decade <laughs> when we came up with an idea to do a talk show about all things Springsteen. I became a Bruce fan in 1979 when a friend of mine asked me to go see a concert at the Spectrum in Philadelphia for this guy named Springsteen I never heard of. It was the River Tour. I didn't know his music, but I thought at 14 years old it was time to go to a concert. And that night was transformative for me, like so many of you. There was so much magic in that arena, I felt like I found my people. And it is with that in mind that Donna and I created this podcast. We're all kindred spirits in our mutual love and appreciation for the music that has been the soundtrack of our lives. And I love that he keeps coming out with album after album after album. And just when you think he can't blow you away, he does it again and again. And again. And again. <laughs> I'm also so happy to be able to share my love of Bruce with my 21-year-old daughter who grew up listening to him in the car, at home, and started going to concerts with us when she was only five. Bruce has lifted me up when I was down, given me tracks to dance to, and has been there with me during all the highs and lows of my life. Donna and I met in 1988. And one of the things that bound us together as friends immediately on our blind date, <laughs> more to come on that at a later date, was our love and admiration for Bruce. We have seen him in concert together many times, and we've enjoyed listening to his music on our annual road trips. Now it's time to meet my partner in crime, Donna. Wow. Thanks, babe. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Yes, we bonded over Bruce. Well, one of the things we bonded over Bruce, but I became a Springsteen fan the first time I oh, the first time I heard Born to Run. Mm -hmm. The drum the drum intro sitting in the back of a friend's car my sophomore year in high school smoking a joint. Nice. <laughs> and I knew that I needed to hear more and living down here um, you know, near the swamps. <laughs> Um, it was not difficult to find more and to hear more, you know, growing up like 15 miles from Freehold, you know, Mecca, mm -hmm. as far as, as Jersey fans are concerned. But I've loved Bruce. I, his music has gotten me through some really tough times. Yeah. And um, it speaks to me. It speaks to things that I feel and things that I want and um, – there is nothing better than a live Bruce, whether it be a concert or just a song on the radio. For me, there is nothing better. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that is how I became a fan. But so we need to address the elephant in the room. Yep. Um, it's been yeah. a rough couple of weeks for the boss. Yeah, it has. So we are here um, doing episode one right after things went a little south for our guy. And um, what are you thinking about what's going down, like the whole Jeep situation and, you know, the Super Bowl commercial and then the DWI? What's your thoughts? Well, I mean, as I said to you from the very beginning, because we jumped on the phone as soon as we heard this, <laughs> like we always do. And yeah. I thought this just sounds like a setup to me. I mean, if he was busted in November, 
Why is this information being brought to light in February? And, you know, there's so much politicizing about him because he's so vocal on his support of progressive candidates and Democrats. And so, first of all, a lot of people, and just to take it back a, a step, a lot of people were really pissed off by that commercial. I yeah. thought it was beautiful. Yeah, I thought the sentiment was right on point. Um, I think I mentioned to you also, a lot of my students, I teach at NYU, yes. and a lot of my students thought it was tone deaf and that it w- it seemed inauthentic because he's in Kansas, but he's from Jersey, and he's old, and he's rich, and he's white, <laughs> and all these, you know, they had all this stuff to say about him. But I think it came from a place of genuine trying to just bring people together in the middle. I think it was completely innocent. There was no yeah. hidden agenda. And people just ripped him apart. That New York Post article ripped him to shreds. Oh, my gosh. And not, yeah. Among others. I mean, it wasn't just that article. And um, and then all of a sudden, four days later, there's a whole thing about him getting DWI right. in November after taking a shot of tequila or two, we don't know, with some fans. And now Jeep takes the commercial off their site and they right. kind of want to distance themselves from him. And like you and I have been talking about, he's a man. We've all made mistakes. He's human. Right. Maybe he did make a mistake. Maybe he shouldn't have been driving. I don't know. I don't know the circumstances because we weren't there. Right. But I think it's bullshit. And I think he's being vilified because of politics, especially after 41 shots, American skin. A lot of cops had a beef with him after that. Right. And any Trump supporter is going to have a beef with him. Absolutely. So that's my take on it. What do you think? Oh, what's my take on it? So I kind of, yes, I agree. I do think the sentiment behind the the Jeep commercial was to unite. Um, And the whole thing with the DWI and with everything coming to light and that scathing article that you had mentioned in the post, Marilyn Manson was just um, dropped by his label and been accused by at least two of his ex-girlfriends, one of them was his ex-fiance, of abuse, physical, mental abuse, rape. Why are we not talking about this? Yeah, I didn't even know about it until you told me. Are we that far removed from the Me Too movement that we're talking about a guy who made a mistake and not a guy who abused women, continuously has abused women? It's a really, really good point. Yeah. And, and I, like I said, I didn't even know about the Marilyn Manson thing until you mentioned it. And I'm sure it's been written about. but Very little. But not, not to the degree that Bruce right. has. And then the other thing I was wondering is, are we hearing more about the Bruce thing in the Northeast, in the New York region? Because he's a Jersey guy. Right. And is this on the news as much in like Oklahoma as it is here? So there's that part of it, too, that maybe it is just being over you know, popularized here because it's Jersey. Right. That's a good point. Um, I just, I don't know. It just feels very skewed to me. And I don't, sometimes our heroes show themselves to be human beings. Right. Why do we, when did this cancel culture become okay? When it When did it become okay to, oh my God, you're human and you're done. And I want nothing to do with you anymore. But here's the thing. So I hear that a lot of um, fans, were fans, are no longer listening to his music. And I say, 
Thank you, because that will be easier for me to get tickets on his next tour. Exactly. I, I, and I think that's bullshit, too. I think a lot of those people who are saying, you know, I'm done with him are full of shit. And when he goes on tour, they're going to want to go see him anyway, because he's Bruce. And whether you agree with his politics, agree with his views, he puts on a hell of a four-hour show. And right. nobody wants to miss that. And he's been talking politics for years. Yeah. I mean, this is not the first time he's right. he's came out and... And um, took a stance. The the thing is, he's got a platform, right? And he's got a huge platform. Mm-hmm. Everybody has everybody has an opinion. He's just using his platform to get his out. Right to your point. I mean, this goes all the way back to Reagan yes. using "Born in the USA" as a as a slogan or as a you know fight song. And Bruce was like, "No, a you <laughs> right. can't use it, and b you're obviously not listening to the lyrics <laughs> right. because it is not a pro American song." Right. But, you know, as much as we could talk about this topic literally all, all day, day long, <laughs> yes. and, and I'd love to, and we maybe that's so another episode, yeah, um, <laughs> let's get into some less depressing stuff. And just for the record, <laughs> Bruce, we stand behind you. We you got, got the you. Jersey Girls, <laughs> yeah, among others. Um, so tell me about what your favorite Bruce album is and why. Like, what oh makes it stand out for you? I know it's a hard question because they're all so damn good. such a hard question. So... I mean, really, we have discussed, you and I have discussed this, like, how many times? And I think every time we discuss it, I come up with a different album. So it's always going to be Born to Run for me. I just think because it was my first introduction to Bruce. um, But I am a huge fan of, like, old, old Bruce, older Bruce, like the first few albums up to, like, I do like The River. The River holds something for me because it was my first tour. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, any, but then again, anything live, right? So you're asking me to to to, to answer a question that I really can't. I don't know really what Bruce fan can really answer that ca- that question definitively, because right behind that is uh, the brand new one, Letter to You. Right, and I think that's that's the point, right? Like. My answer, because I was thinking about my answer to this question, and I thought, you know, each album speaks to a different time in my life. So That's I could, a good point. So I could say Born to Run when I was younger. Right. And I still love it, but it doesn't speak to me the way Western Stars and Letter to You do now, because as an older person now, I relate to a lot of the things he's talking about. While he's considerably older than us, we're still a lot older than we were when we listened to Born to Run. True. And it just, it's changed the way I look at the music as well, not just the, you know, not just the sound of it, but the lyrics are so meaningful and and so much more so to me now. I mean, I've been listening to his music for like four decades. Right. And we've watched him grow as a person. He was a young kid on Greetings. And now he's an older man. He's a senior citizen, you know? Yeah. And and when you listen to Letter to You, you hear the voice of an older man who's been through all this stuff Right. And who who has this wisdom he didn't have in 1973. Good point. So I think he addresses, and we talked about this today, he addresses topics like loss and aging and and it's, you know, it's the stuff he's dealing with now. Right. So I think right. it really, it just, it changes. You can, like you said, ask me tomorrow, I'll have a different answer. Right. I agree. So also one other thing I want to say, so Western Stars, you had mentioned. Mm-hmm. When I when I heard the studio album, I did not like it. I didn't like it at all. But 
the um, soundtrack to the movie mm-hmm. with the strings behind it, yeah. I thought is, I feel is, think is phenomenal. Yeah. I love it. So, but again, like anything live, anything recorded live, yep. I am a huge fan. I know it's so funny because cause my daughter Bailey is a country music fanatic and yes, I hate country I music. I know. <laughs> and I'm playing Western Stars and she's like, Mom, this is a country album. And I'm like, No, it's not. It's Bruce. But but I, I understand her point. But I didn't like Western Stars when I first heard it either. Yeah. And now I, I listen to it every freaking day. I'm obsessed with it. And I've told you this before. I know we don't agree, but to me, that album is a is a very beautifully written and and produced apology to his wife for all of his meanderings. Uh, yeah, uh, you have mentioned that. I, mm-hmm. I okay. Yeah. We're just going to have to agree to disagree on That's that. That's fine. All right. So, tell me your most memorable Bruce experience. This is just as hard as answering the question about the favorite Absolutely. album because there's so many. <laughs> Absolutely. But there's there's a couple that I um there's two in particular that I think are worth mentioning. One, I mentioned my daughter is a huge fan, or maybe I didn't. She's a huge fan. I think sometimes bigger than me. And and it's because she was, you know, indoctrinated from an early age. <laughs> and we took her to see him during the Seeger sessions. That was the first time he was right. playing when she was old enough to go. She was like six. And she was sitting on my husband's shoulders at PNC. And she kept yelling, like, when is he going to turn the lights on and sing Born to Run? And all the people in our area were hysterically laughing because they're like, this kid's like five, six years old and she already knows the, the deal. Right. And of, and I kept saying, he's not going to do that this time. And she's like, what? She was furious. That was a really fun one. And then we also went to the birthday concert at Giant Stadium in 2012 when there was a thunderstorm and the concert didn't start till like 11 and went to like two something in the morning and they had a cake and fireworks for his birthday. And we were in the pit. That was really pretty, pretty incredible. So those are some of my favorites. Yeah. What about you? Again, so many. So, so many. So for me, I had the pleasure of meeting Clarence. Right. And spending a little bit of time with him. My brother is, um, I don't, was very good friends with his son, Nick. Mm-hmm. And um, we, and for my 35th birthday, Clarence and his band were playing at La Barbat oh, in yeah, the city. Right. Remember La Barbat? Sure do. And Nick took got us in, and we were able to spend time some time with Clarence. And I have a picture of me and my brother and my sister in law with Clarence, and I got his autograph. And That's he was awesome. Very cool. And um, because of my brother's relationship mm-hmm. with Nick, I have been able to spend some time with with um, with him in the um, sitting in Clarence's family's um, seats. At shows, nice. so it's been really a really nice. Uh, that was a, a good a good time. Um, so when Lucky Town and Human Touch came out, and mm-hmm. they were going to tour like the other band tour, my I bribed my then nineteen year old cousin to sleep online for me at Ticketmaster. Oh yeah, right. We used to <laughs> yeah, sleep to out, sleep, sleep out at for days, and I because I had to work, right. So I bribed him to sleep online, and I don't remember what he got tickets for a bunch of shows, and then they released more, and I we got more shows. I think we wound up having tickets for every single night. Wow! And so Todd and I went to definitely open night and closing night, and I think we went to like maybe three or four other nights. But I sent my parents. 
you know, I was able to send my parents to it, which was really cool. My my mom loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that, and that was just a really good experience um, and a, and a really good memory for me and my cousin. Yeah, to have that that together. That was yeah. a lot of fun. And we actually went to see him. Um, several times in the garden yes. and had a great time there. Yes. So do you remember when I knew my yep. friend John yep. and he got us in got on the floor? Yep. On the floor. I still have the I have the set list from that show. Oh wow. Yeah. That, that was, was a long time ago. That was one of the uh that night they were recording for live at, in New York. Yes. They recorded a couple of yep. nights and that mm-hmm. was one of them. Yep. Yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So each week we're going to analyze a song. Mm-hmm. And uh, today we're going to talk about Spirit in the Night. So what's your take? Well, you know, it kind of goes back to what we were saying before, like, you know, Spirit in the Night, which is one of our, you know, iconic songs, is on Greetings, his first album. Mm -hmm. And and that album for me is so vivid. The characters, the descriptions, it's so wordy. There's like so many words, right? Yeah. But at its core, it's just a bunch of bored kids at the Jersey Shore getting drunk, getting high, and being silly, like goofing around. And you could totally see, like, Bruce being in that particular – and like being there in that altered state. And, like, it it has an aspect of, like, the divine, you know? Mm -hmm. Or at least they think it does because they're drunk and stoned and whatever. Exactly. But but, so there's, like, a little bit of a dark undertone to it. But ultimately, it's like – <clears throat> excuse me, like embracing youth and having a very Jersey Shore experience. And I'm sure Bruce did that many, many times. Yeah. Yeah, I feel the same way. It's like the, it's just like a really fun night hanging out with your friends, you know, getting drunk, getting high at Greasy Lake. And being silly <laughs> and dancing. Just being and, a yeah, kid. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Being a kid. Mm-hmm. I want you, everybody to meet our special guest, Joe. Joe, I'm sorry. I'm not sure how to pronounce your last name, and I don't want to mutilate it, so I'm going to leave it to you. What is? How do you pronounce your last name? Aya Danza. So Aya it's like Danza. it's like Tony Danza with an Aya at the front. Gotcha. Okay, fine. So, Joe, I got a question for you. Sure. What is your favorite opening line of a Bruce song? Uh, I know that's a hard one, right? We've been sitting here saying the same thing. It's, it's actually it's an it's actually an easy one. It's like the the best the first. Speed door slams Mary's dress sways. That's it's, mine. You can't have that one. That's mine. No, that's I'm everybody's. Right? That's, that's everybody's. But I have a list of like so many other opening lines. <laughs> <up. laughs> that's awesome. That is that is such a great line. Yes, it's a classic. You know, yes. I mean, I mean, if I were to go like my second favorite, yeah, ever, we busted out of class. Had to get, get away, away from, from those, those fools. fools. That would be like my second favorite. But there's like a list of like ten favorite lines. Okay, All right. but. But interestingly, yes. my favorite line in a Springsteen song is not a first line. My favorite line in a Springsteen song, uh-huh. um, I work down at the car wash where all it ever does, does is rain. rain. That's yep. great. That's a great line. Yep. Absolutely. That is a good one. So second question, what Bruce song are they going to play at your funeral? Not to get morbid on you. No, no. Hey, <laughs> next great adventure. Eventually, eventually, you know, um, uh, probably land of hope and dreams, uh, or or oh, or better days. One. Oh, yeah. another good one. Okay, I get Those it. Toss up there, you know. Yeah. If I was going to sing a song, like if I had like friends that were going to do like 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 I did a, I did a video uh, of all my buddies. We did a 
if I should fall behind, we did like a version like they did on the uh, on the tour during like the the 2000 New York City show, like right. that kind of thing. And I had like we did a video where everybody did like a few lines from it. So like if someone oh, was going to cool. do like a like an ensemble piece at my funeral, then I would say like, <laughs> I like that. You I think about this stuff. Okay, thank you. Most certainly. Thanks. <laughs> okay, so you are going to play for us. I am. And yeah. you're playing The Rising, correct? That's what you uh, want. I can do it. Yep. Cool. Thank it's you. Great, like I know any other songs. So, so excited. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you know other songs. <laughs> but yeah, you know, The Rising. Oh, man, I love this song. Yeah. I love yeah, this is a great. No, I, you know, especially. I mean, I know that he wrote this. You know, he wrote this kind of coming from a, you know, Asbury Park perspective originally. You know, um, but having, you know, been, I was probably, you know, going through nine eleven and all that kind of stuff. Um, man, you know, I, this stuff is this stuff's tough. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the songs are intense. I'm gonna I'm gonna unmute my reverb so that I have like a little. Like a little little oh, reverb. Wow, Ooh. we're getting fancy schmancy on our show, huh? Um, <laughs> Thank you for bringing the fancy to us. Well, we want to make it sound good for you guys, you know. I mean, like that whole rising record, you know. Like I said, you know, like talking about coming out of the ashes and yeah. But this song really, this song really just says it all, you know, about this time period. Can't see nothing in front of me. Can't see nothing coming up behind. Make my way through this darkness. Can't feel nothing but this chain that binds me. Lost track of how far I've gone. How far I've gone, how high I've climbed. On my back's a 60 pound stone. On my shoulder half my the line Come on up for the rising Come on up, lay your hands in mine Come on up for the rising Come on up for the rising tonight Left my house this morning Bells are ringing and fill the air I was wearing the cross of my calling On wheels of fire Come rolling down here Come on up for the rising Come on up, lay your hands in mine Come on up for the rising Come on up for the rising tonight Hey, lie, I see you, Mary, in the garden, in the garden of a thousand sighs. There's holy pictures of our children Dancing in a sky filled with light May I feel your arms around me May I feel your blood mixed with mine Dream of life comes to me 
Like a catfish dancing on the end of my line Sky of blackness and sorrow, dream of life Sky of love, sky of tears, dream of life Sky of glory and sadness, dream of life Sky of mercy, sky of fear, dream of life Sky of memory and shadow, dream of life The burning wind fills my arms tonight Sky of longing and emptiness Sky of fullness, sky of blessed life Come on up for the rising Come on up, lay your hands in mine Come on up for the rising Come on up for the rising tonight Come on up for the rising Come on up, lay your hands in mine Come on up for the rising Come on up for the rising tonight Ain't lying, 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 lying La 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 um, so I know you did a 40 days of Bruce on a, where can it, we see that? Let everybody know how to hear more of your music. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a touring singer songwriter. I was a touring singer songwriter before this last year. Um, so my, for the Bruce thing I did at the beginning of the pandemic, it was like a challenge I gave to myself. I did 40 days of Bruce. So 40 songs in a row. Um, and some of them, like, I mean, I just learned them that day and like shot them that day. Oh, and they're all cool. over my apartment here that you see here because I wasn't going cool. anywhere. Uh, so you can see that at YouTube, youtube.com slash Joe Iadanza. So J-O-E-I-A-D-A-N-Z-A. Or you can just find me at joeiadanza.com. And uh, I have my own music there and stuff too. It's very Bruce inspired, the stuff that I write too. So thank you so much for coming out and for being a part of our show, our podcast. We appreciate you. It's my yeah. pleasure. Thank you so much so for having talented. me. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you again. Bye-bye. Bye -bye. Well, I think that's all for our first episode. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so we, this is not all about us. Randy and I realize that this is not all about us. We actually want to include the listeners in our show. So we would appreciate if you would go onto our Facebook page that's called For the Love of E Street, because we're going to be asking questions. We are going to be having people come on that we would love for you to come on and talk about your Bruce experiences. If you, there are any musicians out there, we would love for you to come on and play your version of a Bruce song. So if you wouldn't mind going over there, we would love to uh, have you as part of our show. So yes, check us out and we will see you next time. On For the Love of East Street. For the Love of East Street. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Take care.